Along their ascent to the crown of Egadon, the party was interrupted by a tumultuous storm that sent them to ground. They tried to scavenge food and build a small shelter, but now, after a long, cold night, they awake to find themselves snowed in, the storm still raging outside, and their food dwindling. After this restless night that you all endured, though the shelter held, and I mentioned last time that it started to buckle in some unseen ways, you are not yet wise to this fact. But even so, the elements have not been kind to you. Everyone is going to take two more strain just from this night. And as you wake up to find a meager breakfast of cold rations and the remainder of Corio's salted meats, even poking outside the igloo that you've constructed, you know that it would spell certain death for anyone who stayed out there in these conditions for too long. There's no way of knowing how long this storm will last. Is the entrance closed off? Not in its entirety, no, but a large portion of it is blocked by snow, yes. So we know that it's snowed in. Yes. I mean, I assume you have some sort of, like, flap or canvas or what have you, Mm -hmm. at least on the inside part of the little entrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to build an igloo, so (laughs) I have no insights into... Well, have you ever seen an igloo? (laughs) I've never been in one. The only ones I've seen are in video games and cartoons where they have a door that swings open and shut, like Club Penguin. Yeah. No, no, we got that. We have a nice hand-carved oak door. (laughs) We've been carrying up the mountain for just this occasion. You know, like, you never know when you're going to need one. (laughs) (laughs) Realizing their precarious situation they are now in, with the raging storm outside and the uh, less-than-ideal circumstances inside, Rolandier wakens, turns to the group in uh, this new day of snowfall, and he says, I imagine no one here is too anxious to go out in this storm, but I don't know how long we're all going to be able to just stay in here either. I think we should either choose... One, to just go out and brave what we can for as long as we can, or move ourselves via intent somewhere else. Do we need to move immediately? I think we can at least spare a couple hours. I don't think we need to necessarily move anything until the the weight of this place collapses on us or we run out of food. But just be thinking of where we should go if the storm never lets up. Well, Luna will speak up. I'm sure we could last at least a few more days if need be, honestly, but I don't think the storm will really persist that long. Do you? I honestly have no expectations of what we should expect up here. It's a different weather pattern than the rest of the fell, I dare say. We have no way to know. How big is this space again? Like, are we brushing shoulders up against each other, sitting in a circle this whole time? Or is it, like, at least roomy enough that we had been able to, like, lay down through the night? The former. So everyone besides Bamak <laughs> does not have personal space. So we're like in a hot tub sized igloo. <laughs> You're in a large hot tub sized igloo. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's still cozy. Can Vamak try to do a little history check, perhaps to see if he, because he used to live on a mountain, to see if, if he knows like the general patterns of storms and, you know, if his knees are aching or something like that, you know. Oh, the throbbing in my... That'll be nature. Oh, okay, whatever. I'm glad um, I cut you off there. <laughs> yeah, that was an unfortunate cut off. <laughs> what did I... You said a throbbing in my... <laughs> 
stopped. I feel a throbbing in my... Who knows when the storm will let up? <laughs> All right, Vimok, let's hope you know the nature patterns of uh, the crown of Egadon. Roll away. A 21 on the nature check. Ooh, All right. Wowee. Vimok will peek his head out to see if he can gauge the nature of this storm, see if it looks like it'll let up anytime soon, or if he recognizes anything from his time living on a mountain before he came to Egadon. As you do so, what little you're able to garner from this stunted position from just inside the igloo's little entrance hall that's been constructed, snow whipping your face, it's hard to tell. However, you possess a sort of expertise in these matters, from your upbringing, from where you lived all these years in the old world, and looking out at this mountain, into this storm, there is no end in sight. This is a natural occurrence. There doesn't seem to be anything... There's no f- fell voice on the wind. Saruman's not out there, like, causing the... Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was perfect. <laughs> what the heck? It's Saruman! <laughs> but it does not seem that this storm will abate anytime soon. Your best estimate? One to three days. That's not bad. The mock brings his head back in and after seeing just like a wall of grayish white you know there's no distinction between clouds in the sky and snow on the ground it's all just it's nothing he comes back into the igloo turns to everybody and just says how much wood do we have who would know that Corio rustles through her pack and she says I have enough for all of us for perhaps a day Rolander kind of pulls his pack off, which has been absolutely obliterated by the animals attacking and chomping him, just kind of dumps out some crumbs. I don't have any extra. I still have my jerky if anybody wants to share that. Mm, (laughs) But perhaps not. We'll need everything we can get if we're going to be trapped here for... How long do you think, Vamok? Judging by what I saw outside, I would say this storm will not abate for... Two, three days at least. It could go longer. I would also not recommend that we try to forage any food in the current conditions. It would likely lead to whoever is outside the igloo getting lost forever in the storm and perishing due to cold. Corio, just for our own knowledge's sake, do you have any idea how close we are to the summit or to the shrine that we are trying to reach? I do not know. No. It is impossible for me to tell without being able to see the ascent. If we could go out and clear our path, perhaps I could point us in the right direction, make a estimate. But honestly, where we are situated, I could not tell you. All right. Well, as I said before, if worst case scenario, we can either relocate ourselves or if we just want to stick it out and wait here. I, I can get some more food for us, but again, that's going to draw upon yes. our intent. I'm not sure if we try to relocate ourselves exactly where we'd go. We'd be going in some blind direction, imagining a place on the mountain that we can't see, that we don't know, that we've never been to before. To be honest, Luna, my thoughts were more... Uh, and he looks at the mock more as a place to weather the storm 
Vamok, I know you do keep a uh, place hidden between realms that we could escape to. That is an option. It does not have much in the way of bedding. There is some food and drink in this realm sufficient for myself. I never intended to bring visitors to this place. But I could share what little there was and it would be warmer than here. But I do not know if it would be worth expending the use of intent to get there. It is not much better than our situation here. Then we do not move yet. My only concern, well, I have many concerns traveling by intent if we were to try to teleport, but we have no way to know if we would get out of the storm, if that is the way we wanted to try to go, or where we would end up. Frankly, it has not historically been the most accurate way to travel. In my experience, the best move would be to stay here, where we have guaranteed shelter, and we would have to steal ourselves. After today, the hunger would start to set in. We would get irrational, angry, probably pursue conflict with each other. But even worse than that is the cold. Once your body gets too cold, you abandon all sense of reason. There would likely be a number of us who would try to leave the igloo. Doing such would be, uh, as I said, it would likely lead to death in a barren wasteland. So what I'm hearing is, if nothing else, we stay here, maintain our position, and food is a priority. We stay here, go hungry for a time, and as soon as the storm lets up, see if we can find something to eat. I know this isn't ideal, and perhaps it'll put us more at risk, but would you consider going to a former retreat? The cave that we came from, just yesterday. Perhaps I could give us better shelter than what we have here. It seems we're stuck if it continues to snow. Do any of you have any confidence that we could get back to that cave in this storm? Yeah, not without magical means, no. And there's no guarantees that the storm is not also there. And it was more of an alcove than a cave. Just, just a suggestion. My apologies. All options should be discussed, but... Again, it could be likely that some other creature has taken up residence there during the storm as well. No, I think Vamak is right that staying here is our best move, at least for our own well-being physically. Then the only question does become food. <sighs> well, Merlander says as he is squished between Vamok and Brynir. <laughs> <laughs> Cozy. I don't know if there's anything really we need to discuss for our journey. It's just continue upward and I quite frankly do not want to discuss any further exactly what we're going to do with the Heart of the Void, so Val, if I, rem if I remember correctly, you had a game once that you uh, <laughs> Everybody wants wanted to, to teach people. The solitaire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think sort of like completely unbeknownst to himself, Val absolutely lights up at the mention <laughs> of this stupid game. <laughs> Is uh, one of his favorite things that he did modify to feature more players. So we we can play Aneda Thisura. 
didn't you play it? La- you played it last time you were in Vomox. In Vomox yeah. pocket plane. Yeah. The last time we had to stay put. Yeah, that's the last time we played it. When it, it was solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, I think that was when it became a multiplayer game. It oh, yeah. was. When I tried to teach uh, make, it was still <laughs> solitaire. <laughs> Amazing. Well, if we are staying here, how long will this structure hold? I've never seen anything quite like this, to be honest. Well, uh, I can guarantee that you'll hold through the storm solid as a rock. And Mick actually hits the side of the igloo. <laughs> solid as a rock. Please don't. The whole thing just like kind of shudders. <laughs> we just get buried in the snow and die. <laughs> Here lies the reptile kids. <laughs> Somebody finds our preserved bodies on the mountain. 600 years later. <laughs> Luna, looking between Val, Rolandir, and Vamok, turns to Mick and says, We made it according to Vamok's specifications. I assume, you know, I don't know. She looks at Vamok. It will hold, right? Yes, it will hold. Assuming that none of you, he says, scanning everybody who helped make the igloo. Cut the knee corners. A bead of sweat starts rolling down <laughs> Rolander's face. Val <laughs> suddenly gets worried. <laughs> it will hold just fine. Unless, of course, the snow gets mm, completely buries us in. But in that case, well, we it would not matter if the igloo was structurally. It will hold. It will be fine. Well, I know I just woke up that we all have it is probably morning as far as we can reckon and we have a long day ahead of us if this storm will persist but I think with nothing else to do I will eat something and perhaps try to nap conserve energy woke up like 10 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know right? That's literally what, what else is there to do <laughs> We could play two truths and a lie. <laughs> truth or All right, truth. get to know you, games. Yeah, we. What, what this party really needs is some icebreakers at this stage in their journey. Oh, Val should say that in character. That's amazing. <laughs> icebreakers. Vamak pulls out a little clipboard and some paper and says, So, uh, Val and Luna, I noticed you were having some issues a little while ago. A uh, little friction. <laughs> um, I think now is an appropriate setting in front of everyone to air out any dirty laundry. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> he does none of that. Um, no, nor would he care. I don't no, think. no, 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 obviously not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was the last actual thing that, that so, Coriel said that they were going to sleep? Oh, the, she was going to said yeah. she was going to go to sleep. Yeah. Okay. If, she was going to eat and go to sleep if nothing presented itself to uh, do. To that, Rolandier says, if you're just going to keep on sleeping, do you really need to eat? Well, I am hungry, Rolandia. Rolandier just kind of gives a shrug and, all right, and then he's going to take like a bite of jerky or something. <laughs> well, it looks like we got some time on our hands. So, and Mick will go into the Jeff Goldblum Jurassic Park kind of lounging position with with their hand on her knee. As best yeah. you can in this space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> her foot's like in somebody's face. Yeah. <laughs> Anything on your minds that you want to air out here? <laughs> in the time that we have, at least. You know what? Actually, yes. 
I believe I have something I want to bring to the table. The Heart of the Void. Why is it that our main quest that we're obsessed with becomes the very topic that we avoid? Rolandier just puts his face in his hands. <laughs> he the just one said, thing he didn't want to talk about. Because he just said he oh, didn't want to talk about oh, it. <laughs> Nick and Chris did not hear that, so... <laughs> perfect, perfect. Nick does not care. All right, all right, fine. If you want to talk about it, very well then. Might as well get it out of the way now, talk about it while we're at least somewhat rational before we go crazy from hunger, and then <laughs> who knows what will happen. This is you speaking rationally. <laughs> <sighs> this is me. This is me speaking like I have 72 hours in an ice prison with very little food. And limited space, yes. I noticed that you did not say anything about the company. All things considered, it's a good group to be with. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> eh. <laughs> so, so. And he looks over at Vamak. Most of us. <laughs> you guys are becoming proper mates. Oh, what the f*** was that? <laughs> he has like a little grin on his face as he says it. Vamak, who like hears it, like almost immediately goes aggressive, but then he says the grin. He sees the grin, and he just just lets it go. What about the heart of the void? Did you want to discuss? Well, and Mick will sit up at this this point to give attention to Val and the rest of the group. I feel that every time we bring up the heart of the void, we're never on the same page about what we want to do. First of all, second of all, we brought it up so many times where we never come to a conclusion. And third of all, well, I forgot the third of all, but you see my point. No, I... I I, I don't. I do. (laughs) I... Oh, I don't. Oh, get your clipboard out. Get the clipboard. Get the... No, all right. She'll look between Val and then Mick and then Val and then Mick again. She'll just say, "I, I, I don't understand what you mean we've come to conclusions have we not we val is carrying the heart of the void we get him up there he's leading us so far and i mean she'll turn to you val are you not planning to be the one that uses it well planning yes have i been given explicit permission an agreement no well then who is in disagreement i look at it this way we all attempt to get to the summit Many of us, there's a chance that we might not make it. Whoever has the heart of the void at the time and is able to make it work, we change the world and make it a better place. It doesn't matter who does it. We all don't want the world as it is. I think we all agree with that. We certainly don't want Egadon to look like it does now, but I'm not sure we all agree on what it is to look like in the future. Nor will we ever entirely agree. I think Rolandia might have a point. It might not be best to focus on what if situations. Val, I'd be very grateful if Val were to get there and to be able to use the heart of the void. I trust him. But that does not mean that situation will transpire. It could be any one of us. And I truly believe that any world that any one of you would create would be better than this one. Val nods at this and gives Brynir a look of, like, thank you. I, I appreciate having your trust. 
those classic Val looks that <laughs> communicate. The classic Val looks. It's just a Laurel thing, really. I do that yeah. all the time. You see my eyes, and you know that in my mind that I'm thinking this and this, and we agree that we're best friends <laughs> from this look. <laughs> I do believe, though, that there is genuine value in understanding what it is that each of you would do with the Heart of the Void. I... I... I don't believe that there's any one true or correct or right perspective anymore. All any of us can offer is our best, and you all have had experiences and have gained wisdom that I do not hold. And that is true of each of us. Well, I can guess with, I'd like to say absolute certainty, what each of you would do with the Heart of the Void, given that I've, well, seen your pasts. In excruciating detail, if you remember. And we've spoken about it a bit, yes. I've overheard Rolandia and others speak about their plans. But I think there is something as an objective good that we have to establish. It can't all just be the whims of whoever seems to hold it at the time. We, we have to agree on some sort of foundation. Outside of the things that we agreed to with Vale, of course. Yes, the one concrete detail that is established in whatever future gets made. And I don't think that's good enough. Do you? No, you're right. The first thing I would put forward as a foundation, I suppose, is whatever reality this place was before, it will have a different essence to it. And given that the gods control intent and have wielded it to great effect to subject everyone else. As much as it is a fabric of my very being, I would suggest it, at the very least, change, if not go away. I'm in agreement. Rolandier's lightly nodding his head. I think I can agree to that. Assuming that the Heart of the Void will even do what we want it to do, it sounds fine with me. I know that no matter what any one of us does, it's not going to be a perfect future, but it's been used once, and this has happened. Just kind of motioning around the rise of these beings who were still able to harness a power and encapsulate the whole world. How do we do something to at least prevent that. I don't know that it's possible to build a, a perfect system for everyone for always. What works for us might be good <laughs> immediately on the other side of this. I suspect that will not be the case, but hundreds of years down the line, it might not be suitable for those people anymore. And I don't think that we can necessarily deny them the ability to change it. That actually gets to really the heart of my question. <laughs> Maybe poor choice of words, but what do we do with the heart? I, I'll admit, I was quite partial at first to leaving everything, trying to make it as perfect as we could and get rid of the heart of the void, whatever's left of it, and prevent its future use, but I honestly think we'd be doing the future inhabitants of whatever world we create a disservice by 
preventing them from having any chance at doing what we're doing now, however far in the future that may be. Well, we also have no way to know if it will still... If we revert back to the place that this thing is originally from, that will take it out and sort of, like, just demonstrate for everyone how, like, impossible this thing is to perceive. Like, it just is gross. Like, he doesn't really <laughs> like it. Because um, he can't comprehend it, and he's not used to that. I, I don't... It might not be so special on the other side of this. Are we even quite sure it was used once before? What do you mean, Luna? Well, just Rolandier said it was used once before, but... Yeah, is, is that not what the man who you spoke with said? That he was not strong enough to... Uh, the way I... I'm, I it could be failing me at the moment, but I interpreted that as he used it, but destroyed himself rather than destroy the heart. He did destroy himself, but I don't know what it was he was trying to achieve through it. He did not tell me. It seems unlikely that this world ruled by egg and air and whatnot is what he was going for, whoever he was. I, I agree. It, to me, from what I can recall, sounded like, in a way, he was sort of contemporaries with them. They were trying to achieve one thing and he another, and he lost contemporaries? What does that even mean? I, well, I mean, air and egg had to come from somewhere, no? I suppose. If they just amassed enough power to become gods in some fashion and crafted a reality for themselves where they could rule, that is where we are living. But it's possible they were just simply beings from the world before this one. Or some other world beyond that. You see, as, as you're saying this, like, going further and further... There's, like, the smile that spreads across Luna's face, and she's almost, like, holding back a chuckle. <laughs> he, he, like, sort of stops. What, what? No, I'm just... I think if Dominic were here, he would have just died. <laughs> <laughs> Very cavalier about mentioning Dominique, the man who shot her well, in the head. If anybody gets to mention Dominique cavalierly, it's Luna. <laughs> she gets yeah. the pass. Well, speaking of which, that smile gets almost immediately like wiped off her face and her hand like instinctually goes to the side of her head and then retreats back down to her lap. And she just gives a small grumble. Does anybody find it funny that we've been tasked, uh, to, whether self-appointed or by others, to reshape the world through the heart of the void? That we get to make the decision? Now, I'll just speak for myself and maybe the rest of this group, but still, I'll speak for myself that I've made some hasty decisions in my time here with this company. <laughs> Vamok raises an eyebrow. <laughs> Acceptance, Vamok, is the first step. <laughs> Corio, who hasn't exactly drifted off yet, just gives a little laugh and says, Do you honestly believe that you are the only ones? Hmm? No. I'm sorry, what? Well, we're the only ones with the heart of the void, so suck it. Yeah, we have the most power and the most responsibility, baby. Yeah, we're the closest to Spider-Man in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, really, and Uncle Ben. He died. <laughs> hey! <laughs> hey, foreshadowing. Oh, no. <laughs> what do you mean? Even before I joined up with you, there was talk among the followers of Vare and other sanguine sects that they would seek after the heart of the void. There are those chosen by lesser gods and some higher 
that still seek it. Perhaps they walk the same path as you. And I have heard tell of the companions you left in Mainstay. Hmm? Perhaps they too will converge. Val makes a face that is like, oh boy. <laughs> That's the worst <laughs> imaginable scenario. <laughs> I, at the very least, we know we currently hold it. But you are right. It would seem that perhaps we have done the heavy lifting for others. That is exactly my point. Perhaps you are all too comfortable. She's right about that. Rolander kind of narrows his eyes a little bit at Corio. Do you know something you're not telling us? No, I do not. I am simply speaking what I have observed of you since joining up and since before my time with Vale. I know the machinations of the God of Blots, and I've seen his will be enacted by his servants. Make no mistake, he stands with you, behind you. He will support you in your endeavors. But I would also not put it past him if you stray from those endeavors to find another way, even break the bond that he has made with you. I have seen it done. He is most conniving. Speaking of him standing behind us, that's exactly what worries me. <sighs> then Relander just kind of shakes his head, breaking his focus off of Corio. All right, well, anything else we need to have during this discussion about the heart of the void or is everyone satisfied um Val will sort of look at the heart of the void having taken it out given experiences that he's had with it in the past and like it seeming to avoid detection when they got all their stuff taken from them at the fort like has he had any experience with it that would lead him to like to believe that it has like a will of its own or like a consciousness at all roll arcana Oh, okay. <laughs> How many times do I wish I was proficient in her con? <laughs> yeah. Freaking useless Elvaret wizard. All high and mighty when you can cast all the spells, but when it comes to arcana checks. <laughs> yeah, it's actually no. knowing magical stuff. <laughs> Val's like, I cast that spell. I couldn't tell you what it was. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. All of us, hey, you can drive a car all day long, but you're never going to know how to fix it. Okay, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> What'd you get? 15. You aren't able to glean anything just by looking at it, observing it more. But then, why don't you roll insight? I am proficient in that. 25. It seems, as you peer at it now, moving it in your palm, it no longer shifts perspective. It seems concrete. Even the the shine that comes off it is not this like iridescent, ever-changing swirl that it was before on these metal parts, but a solid metallic sheen. And there's something emanating from it, an energy that you can feel in your hand. And to answer your question, to answer Val's question of whether or not it has a will, whether or not it wants for something, it wants to be used, implemented into its greater purpose, where it belongs. Though as far as you know, that's just this altar that you're already on the path to reach. Past that, it's impossible to tell with that score. Okay. <laughs> you can try again tomorrow. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know that Val wants to try again tomorrow. <laughs> but after that kind of insight into it, the world, which had almost muted itself without your knowing, comes back to volume as your friend's banter. And it once again kind of defies perception when you turn it over in your hand. I hate that. <laughs> I, I hate that a lot. 
Oh, okay. Um. And you just hear Val. Val. Uh, yeah. Are you quite all right? Um, I I'm fine. That did not sound convincing. Um. Yeah. Relander says from three feet away. Yeah, it's so funny because we're all like right there. No private conversations here. No, none. There is no privacy in the igloo hot tub. I I feel like I just sort of I don't know saw this more clearly than I have before. Is that a good thing? I don't rightfully know. Okay. (laughs) I love that the Val and Luna solution thing is just like um I'm gonna ignore that. Yeah. We're just going to tuck this and okay. smother on. it, conceal, <laughs> don't feel, numb, with other, anyways. <laughs> there is one point I would like to revisit. Brynir mentioned that it did not matter which of us uses the Heart of the Void. I would disagree, and I have given this significant thought, and I have given the events of the upcoming days significant thought. There is one among us who I think is the most suited to use the heart of the void. And it is not myself, nor is it any of us that have come from the old world. Uh, And he looks at Mick and Rolandier. If there is one person that I believe has the capacity to learn from those of us who have made some more egregious errors. It would be Valmes. I believe he, and I shudder to even say this, but I think he is perhaps the most capable and uniquely suited out of all of us to utilize the heart in the best possible way. I, of course, have my own opinions on how I think things ought to be But through my travels with you, I have discovered that perhaps some of these opinions could be considered harsh. But I also think perhaps some opinions that others in this group hold are a little too soft. And I think Valmas has a mixture of both. And I think that he could provide the best set of conditions for whatever world comes next. I realize that saying this could put a fair amount of pressure on you. He says, for the first time making eye contact, for the first time making eye contact with Val. But having seen what you are capable of, I personally do not think you will crumble under the strain. And then Vamok breaks eye contact, goes back to like looking down at the ground and kind of closes in on himself. Luna will look at Val with raised eyebrows and just kind of shrug as if to say, well, that's surprising. Yeah, that was unexpected. Throughout Vamok's speech, Val had a very, like, slow, quiet smile rise on his face. And that was then very shortly thereafter accompanied by tears, as are very common with Val. They don't, like, fall or anything. They just rise up in his eyes, but he blinks them away and nods and says, Thank you, Vamak. Thank you to all of you. It means a lot to have your trust placed in me. I don't know that I will do everything perfectly, but I want to try. Val, 
I wouldn't worry about trying to make things perfect, regardless of the world. If people are allowed to make choices of their own, people will seek to make things in their own image. Do your best, and that's all that matters. We're all with you. <laughs> Val wants to, like, scramble everybody into a big group hug, but I don't know that it's possible in this space. How is it not possible in this space? You probably just reach out your arms and then yeah, there's a yeah. He'll reach out his arms to either side and just like pull everybody in. Yeah. As many people as you can grab. <laughs> After this speech, this exchange, this moment has passed, the day goes on with a sense of lightness, honestly. As if there's been a great tension, a great weight it's been cut, lifted from the group. And even in these miserable conditions, scarfing down another measly meal at the end of the day and settling in for another hard, cold night, there is an air of hope within this shelter, even as night overtakes you all. Come morning, you're all going to gain another two strain. I knew it. And as you fill the air of this shelter with more light banter and enjoy the last of the rations from Corio, she actually perks up and she says, wait, wait a moment. Do you all hear that? We listen. <laughs> and listening in, you hear nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, the storm's gone. Mm, if the storm were gone, there would still be wind. There would still be something. It's just as if the world has been muted. And as all of you are met with this uneasy silence, the little flap of the shelter kind of rustles in an unseen, unheard wind. And you hear from outside, Servant of Vale, daughter of Sereth, god-born of Tentiver, Yakuda, Sindor, Delagast, and Lomira, Show yourselves. Come, make yourself known. The Godborn of Air is here to parley. Oh, Magister Douchebag! Freaking! Get back to the Amber where you belong! 